Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now here's Veterans Be Real. Because we are the brave. Yes, we are the brave. We'll fight you in Good afternoon there, Veterans Be Real fans. Here we go. Okay, we got today we got Robert Blackledge coming on. He is a veteran. He's going to give you his story, kind of how he started, how he ended, and where he's at now. So he's going to give you kind of that layout, where we're going, and how we as soldiers that are getting out and separating can find paths that make things a little easier for us. So Robert, floor is yours, my friend. Thank you so much for having me here today. I am incredibly excited to speak with the fellow veterans and yourself included in that. But My journey really lies on, I spent six years in the military, 18 if you include those years that they make you be ready to deploy, right? And the focus for me in the military was I always wanted to serve my country. So I enlisted to be there to give back. And to be honest, it was a completely different experience than I thought going into it. There's a lot of politics in the military, as we know. And I was there to give back to my country. The time in the military that I treasure the most was the opportunity I had to spend six months honoring our fallen uh, comrades. So I was in the honor guard for about six months of that. The rest of the time I was in SATCOM for spectrum management. So really on the communication side of the house. I got out of the guard, the palace chased, did three years active duty, three years in the guard, and was really looking to fill that gap. I'd started getting my education, started moving on. But there's a really unique and interesting part about the military. They tear you down and they build you up with a mindset that at the end of the day, you're going to achieve whatever objective you set upon. And the guy next to you, whether you like him or not, is going to come alongside you and help you execute on that goal. What took me a long time to learn in the civilian world mindset is not so much that. It's very much I have to like, I have to have a relationship with you for me to want to work with you to execute on whatever goal or whatever you're trying to achieve. And I think that was the biggest stumble for me. I got a, I had this go get them mindset of you're my team. We're here to execute. I was running teams of 20 to 100 people executing in the real, I was a senior team lead at Target right out of the military. And I was like, this is great. We got anagrams, right? So there's LOD and different things. And I was, it felt very comfortable coming out of the military, having a team to lead, having people to execute with. And while we executed and we were the lowest revenue generating, but the highest conversion rate for red card. So give you an idea what that looks like. I think we did like $2 million a month in revenue, month gross revenue. And we had in our marketplace, we had stores doing 20, 30, hundred million dollars, but we were the highest conversion rate, number of people actually signing up for red cards. And that was at the core of leading my team, executing on what our objectives were and getting those people. But I completely fell on my face when it came to building those relationships with the people. I was good at motivating them. I was good at executing. And ultimately, I moved on from that into more of an entrepreneurial world. I finished a master's in entrepreneurial education. In the same year, I 
launched three companies and bought two. And for me, it felt very comfortable. Again, I'm executing. I had a half million dollar restaurant business. We had two locations, we did a quarter million dollars in the catering side of the business. And it was great. I was building processes and executing and phenomenal. And ended up losing that because the relationship with me and my co-founder fell apart. The mindset that we had wasn't, he no longer wanted to be a business partner with or be in business. He did, it wasn't what he thought it would be. And with that, I lost a half a million dollar business, right? He took all the money in the bank, paid off all of our debts and I'm lost. And so the next year was very much a, a journey for me, a walkabout, if you will. And I think that's the part that veterans get stuck in. We come out, we have this expectation in the world and what it's going to be like. And then more times than not, we fall on our face because we we're very comfortable executing on our own. And it, the world is about the people that are there to support you and those around you and the groups that help. And the couple of things that really helped me start getting my stride is I found groups of people that I related with, whether it was my hobby or something that I was passionate about. Education system's really great. There's a lot of veteran support organizations focused around. So because of the GI Bill, because of my ability to go to a degree, I went to the student veteran organization, participated in their activities. And that community started rebuilding my mindset, started helping me focus on how do I build relationships with people that can help me execute on what I'm trying to achieve. But also not only that, how can I help them? Because as military veterans, we bring a tremendous amount to the table. That ability to execute is far and few in between in the civilian world. The piece that you have to meld with is how do I articulate that without offending somebody? Tearing them apart, I mean, like, why aren't you hitting those marks? What are you doing? And I think it highly comes back to your thing about building relationships because you build different relationships with civilians than you did with your military battle buddies because you can just talk, hey, sergeant, hey, specialist, hey, jump. So there was kind of a professional relationship because like you said, it could have been somebody you didn't even necessarily like, but you knew because he's in your squad or in your platoon, or he was going to help you get whatever mission done that needed to get done. Whereas in the civilian sector, <laughs> that might not be the case. If you don't have a good relationship with that person, they're not going to make the effort to help you. So yeah, I can definitely see that, Rob. So I mean, that, that's crazy on point. There. What's really powerful is there, no matter what you're doing, are hobbyists and other people engaging in the community. And I definitely think that as veterans, we we come together very easily, a lot that we can lean on together and you have to have that, but it reinforces the mindset that you had in the military as a part of that. And it's important to bring in some of these other civilian focused things. What, if you love guns, there are a ton of veterans in there, but there are also a ton of civilian people who love guns, right? Go out and go to shoots, go out to gun clubs, be a part of those communities that give you a little bit broader reach and start exposing you on common ground the mindset that exists in the civilian world so that you can start reacclimating yourself. I'm not saying jump in the deep end. You don't have to go start a business. You don't have to go out and make a hundred friends. Say you make one or two, start those conversations and around things that you care deeply about. That way you're able to start building the bridges that you need to be successful in your journey as a veteran. Yeah, I mean, that's where it is. And that's one of the things I stress because I'm right next to Fort Hood. And we have about 200 soldiers a month that either ETS and retiring or PCS and, and leaving. And I tell them, I said, look, man, if you're getting out, it's going to be about relationships that you build and, and the people you're around. And, and yeah, you're going to want to try to find veterans because that's going to make you feel more comfortable. But sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone to make yourself successful in the next phase of things. So you got to look at, man, you're going to have to figure some of this out. And you're going to, and you get, it's going to be challenging. I'll tell you, because I know it was for me. I mean, it was very difficult for me to kind of open my doors up to let people in that I wasn't clear on what their real objective was for whatever we're doing or whatever's going on. So 
That is a definite challenge, man. And I think that's probably one of the most, I don't know what the right word is. I, don't, I think it's one of the most under underappreciated, I guess the best way to put it, the under most underappreciated thing, thought process and what we have to do when we separate is get ready that we have to build relationships differently. We have to yeah, build I mean, relationships and, and figure them out. Yeah. Maybe it was a little bit different now, or it is a little bit different now. They were just starting up some of the more modern transitional programs when I got out. But I got out of the active duty in 2012, 2013. And that process was death by PowerPoint. And who cares, right? Nobody cares about your resume. It's maybe the piece of the thing that opens the door for you. But what gets you the job and what gets you there is the phone call from your buddy who's in the town who knows all these people who's like, hey, no, you really need to look at this guy. And then, yes, you have to deliver. You have to be able to execute the interviews. You have to be able to provide value and insight and be able to connect with those people who are going to be your employer. But step one, right? To even get in the door, most of the times it's somebody opening it for you. And that is all relationships. That's what it is, man. I mean, like when I got, I got out in 2010 and it was kind of still a death by PowerPoint back then. But when we all ETS and we're over retiring or whatever, and you start clearing, all you're focused on is that objective of getting that paperwork check block. Everything's checked blocks and then turn it in. You're done. All right, man, I'm done. I'm out. Gone. Right. So when you sat through your resume class at ACAP and you did all, you're just like, okay, man, hurry up. Yep. Check. I got it. Yep. Yep. And because I mean, me, perfect example. My resume was, eh. I got my job because of the interview, because when they asked me questions, I knew how to answer them. I knew how to present. I knew how to show them confidence that I could get things done. And I think that's what solidified me to get the job was they figured, okay, yeah, his resume not be as good as those other two guys, but this guy is going to lead. He's going to take, he's going to take in the absence of orders. He's going to do whatever he's got to do to make sure it happens. Whereas the other guys look like they need to have somebody tell them what to do. So I think that's a benefit that we have in the military is that we can be self-starters too. So I think tying all that in because of our, and I've had this, I've said this on multiple podcasts I've had with some other veterans. I said, look, one of the biggest things the military fails at with us and in in our branches is they don't really prepare us to become civilians again. They At all. At they, all. Yeah. They kick our ass out as fast as they can get us out. But, but they don't really prepare us to be successful in our next phase of our lives, whether it's two years in the military or 20 years in the military. They yeah. don't really set up and give you the effort that they do that they expect from you during your time in the military, which can be very unsettling because it didn't really hit me until about five or six years after I retired, about 2015, 16. I started my nonprofit in 2014. So that kind of got me back into, hey, I'm working with veterans again and soldiers and I'm feeling more comfortable again and I feel more confident. But then I started thinking the army kind of fucked me over because they didn't <laughs> really set me up for success like they were training me to set my soldiers up for success. Because what do they teach you? You teach the guy beneath you, the guy lower, the, the rank below you, to be able to take your place if something happens to you, right? That's kind of one of the mindsets they have in the military is you as a sergeant, you teach that specialist to take your job in case you get hit and you've got your down. But when we get out, they're not looking at that like, okay, now that you're a civilian, let's prepare you to be a civilian. They're just like, good luck. Sergeant Valentine, have a good, here's your flag. Here's your DD-214, peace. You know what I'm saying? You walk out the door and that's it. I mean, yeah, phone yeah. stops ringing, everything's gone. So it's a challenge, man. I tell veterans, I tell military guys, like I said, I'm at Fort Hood. I tell these soldiers that are getting out when they tell me they're ETS. And I said, man, I said, how much, how much you have in your savings account right now? Do you got three months worth of your living expenses saved up? They're like, well, no. I said, well, you better start saving some money then, bub. Cause I'm telling you right now, the first couple months you're out, you're not going to just, even if you got a job job right now, it's still going to be another two or three weeks before you get paid. Cause a lot of these jobs, you go into training first. So, I mean, you're talking a month or two and your VA is going to take, if you get VA, that's going to take some time, some months to kick in and then hope, and hopefully it will kick in. You get back paid for it. But the point is you're going to be not having it for a while. So yeah, there's a know, gap you have to cross. I said, there's a lot of things. It's like a minefield. And if you take the wrong step, you're going to blow off your foot and then you're down. And then it's going to take you a while to recover before you can get back up again. So 
just I used to tell my all my soldiers that were ETS when I was in the army. I said, "How much money you guys saved up?" Because a soldier coming to me starting, I want an ETS. I don't want to relance. I said, "All right, you got six months, so you better start saving about five, six hundred dollars a month. So you got at least three months worth of sal- of living expenses to cover you for the next three months when you get out. Because if you don't, you're going to regret it." And most of my soldiers did it. Some didn't. And then I would get a call later on. So I'm I need money. So shit, you're not even in the army no more. I speak. What are you talking about? But I still gave them money because they were my soldiers. But the point is. You got to lead these guys to water, right? Can't make them drink, but you got to bring them to the water. And that's what I, that's what this podcast is about. Is try to bring everybody to the water. Let them drink if they want to drink because they're listening to guys like you, Rob, and then everybody else I'm going to have on this podcast. But I'm telling you, this is a lot more challenging than people really they give it credit for. I mean, you know, well, I think, did 20 years. So I, it was a long time I was in the Army. Think about it this way. When you're in the military, how much training you have for you to be able to do your duty? I mean, you're talking at least a few months of basic. You're talking... Few more months of technical training for me. It was a year of training before was I was months. even right, starting to do my job. And then there's two more years of training to get good at what I do. When you leave the military, how long is your ETS? You're talking a month, two top of just processes. And it's just a checklist that you're going through. The world doesn't give you a checklist. When you go out into the world, there is no, this is what you have to do to get to where you're trying to go. It's good luck. Everyone else is doing the same thing you are. Yeah, good luck with the other 2,000 people that are applying for that same job. You know what I mean? Right. So it, it's a it, challenge, man. I, I, it is. It's mind-numbing mind because, and I was talking to one of the guests I had on last week, and we talked about this for a while, about how, why don't the branches, each branch, allocate some time? Like, for instance, like when we drop retirement paperwork or you drop your ETS or you say you're, you're going to ETS, they should automatically put you into some kind of training school for the next 90 days that's going to basically prep you to become a civilian again. You see, like me, my dad did 20 years in the Navy. So I went in the army when I was 19. So I, li- I literally was a dependent my whole life. I moved around all over the country. Yada, yada. And then I went in the army and then I stayed for 20 years. So when I got out of the army at 39, my life only knew one lifestyle, the military. I was either a dependent or I was a soldier. I only knew one way to live. And then I'm 39 and I got to get out and figure out, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? This is, a, it's like a whole new world to me because I have no idea because I grew up in a military family. Then I grew up in the military, and then I'm 39, and I retired. I'm like, oh shit, and this is different. You know, I'm like, I, I what am I doing now? So. My biggest complaint about the ETS process is: at what point in there do you talk to another vet who has exited the military? It's all people who are into the military, and they aren't going through what you're going through, so their mindset is not in the same place as yours. Having that connection into the community with people who have done what you're about to go through is probably, if not the most, it's the best thing you can do to have success exiting the military. Find veterans in your community, especially recent veterans that have exited. Ask them what they wish they knew when they were going through it and start engaging on some of those levels so that you can be better prepared as you leave the, for, uh, the military force you were in. And this is the part where this kind of sickens me, but that's where I think Facebook and social media could be very positive because like I, we're in the entrepreneur trucks. There's a lot of vets in there. And a lot of us reach out to each other when we're having some kind of issues. And a lot of us chime in and be like, hey, well, yeah, hey, check, or I'll give you a call or let me message you. And then it starts a personal relationship. Plus, somebody's actually trying to help me that's a veteran that I know has kind of still got that mentality of I got your back as far as I can take it and let me help you. So I think social media helps a little bit. But I also think it gives you a false confidence that it's, everything's going to be perfect because it's not. Because I mean, they, like you said, I've had many businesses too. I own three, four businesses, plus I run a nonprofit and da, da, da. But shit comes up, right? Like we get hit with the, the stuff hits the fan all the time. And you're like, oh man, I'm getting this all in my face. What am I doing? Help. And then I go out and I reach out to some people and I see what I can do. But yeah, I think social media could make it easier than they can, but I still think there's still an onus on the military. And because I don't think everything should fall on the VA. Like I'm not one of those people that believe that 
the PA is overtaxed. I mean, there are like the pressure that's on that organization is unbelievable because there's so many veterans that are in need. And the only, the first thing they think of going to is the VA, no matter what it is, that's the first thing they think of doing. And I'm like, but if the army and the Navy and the air force, all these branches would put some effort into preparing us for this. Cause like, for instance, I'm a big guy about this. Like I have PTSD cause I deployed six times. Yada, yada, yada. I felt, even though I, and now I'm retired, so I'm good because I got TRICARE. But let's just say I did 10 years in the Army, but I had five deployments. I am a firm believer that the Army, knowing that I was diagnosed with PTSD before I got out, is obligated to make sure at least I'm getting the mental health treatment I need for the rest of my life. I just use TRICARE just for mental health. I can't use it for, like, if I break my arm, I can't use it for whatever because that's not. But if I have mental health issues, I get to use TRICARE. I just go to, go to the closest base or wherever or the VA, and I get treatment for that because I think that happened to me, like the service connected, so to speak. So like, I think they use the word service connected as a kind of like a minefield too, because it's like, yeah, we're service connected. So we'll give you a percentage or won't give you a percentage for the VA. And then, but then we'll yeah, just, I mean, we could, uh, we could dive into that all day long. The yeah, VA yeah. is is a hot mess. Yeah. When you are in the military and they know that you're having medical issues, why do you even have to go to a process when you get out of the military to get benefits? It blows my mind, yeah. the red tape that exists inside that system. Well, it's the bureaucracy of all of it, for sure. It is. It's, it's in people with their jobs, the guy who runs the VA, and the people that work for it. I mean, so it's, it's a big nightmare because it's political. I mean, it is. is I, I think one thing to tell veterans is that even though it's going to take six months to get through the red tape, at least try because well, you you're, gotta, you gotta there are support structures that are there and exist. And a lot of times it's just walking through the hoops. It's just like being, when you're dealing with the VA or the government in general, it's very similar or akin to your experience in the military. So go in with that mindset that you are, that was my biggest problem. I'm like, I'm not in the military anymore. I don't want you to treat me like a soldier in your army. I'm a veteran and you're here to serve me as a person who gave back to the country that literally is their motto as the VA, right? We're here to serve those who served us. And it, it doesn't feel like that. You go in there and it feels like you're a soldier in a line and you're a hurry up and wait kind of mentality. And I, I, that's what drives me nuts because I can go to a private doctor and get so much better quality of care just because of the fact that he's going to treat me like a civilian rather than a vet. He's going to treat you like a patient. You know, he's going to treat right. you like a person, not a, not a thing, right? Right. But like you're waiting in the mess hall line to get your child. And you're just like, man, we're hitting it. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't even go to the VA unless I'm called by the VA or I get a letter saying I have a clinical appointment. I, I'm retired, so I go, I have practice. So I just go to the clinic that I use. But uh, So I avoid the VA on, only because I don't need to use it. You know what I mean? Like if I didn't have the, the medical retirement, then I would use the VA for the stuff that I have. But I'm, I get, I'm a disabled vet and I have migraine, probably one yeah. of the biggest things I deal with. And there's pills that I need to be able to stop the migraines. And if I don't have them, I'll, I end up in the hospital. It's just, yeah. I get three to four a week at a minimum. And those pills are the only thing that they have found that have ability to it. But every month I have to log in. I have to send in, and I've been doing it six years now. Every month I have to log into the system and send in a request for more pills. You're telling me that in six years, you can't figure out that this is a problem that I have. Come on. Yeah. Like, what's going on? It's mind numbing, bro. That there's got to be more intelligent people out there that are working in these places. They could be like, look, we could expedite this, speed it up, make it more efficient for these soldiers and these veterans so they don't have to do on, go online. And just go in there once every couple of years. We'll reevaluate. The doctor can send you a thing say, hey, we're reevaluating. Come on, you get an appointment. We're going to reevaluate you. Make sure you're still needed. And if you still need it, then we'll just keep you in the system. So there's a lot of things they could do different, of course. And a lot of us, you know, we could all come up with ideas to do that. But the problem yeah, is I, the bureaucracy of it all. You know what I mean? There like, is. Uh, it's just retarded. So and there's great... lose their, if they change that whole system, a whole bunch of people will lose their job. <laughs> I mean, a whole bunch of people will lose I their know. job. You know Isn't what I mean? Like, terrible? A whole bunch 
there'd be like 30 people in the VA hospital that you're at would lose their jobs because now you got a 90 day resupply automatic. Like, hey, they don't need me no so I'm out. So yeah, it's a very political minefield. But uh, yeah, so all very right, cool. There are a ton of community resources. Wounded Warrior is a phenomenal project. I know they had some heat a few years back, but I've been able to utilize a lot of that. The Wounded Warrior. Their Veterans Florida is actually a phenomenal resource for veterans in the state. They fund a lot of them in the entrepreneurial world, but also in helping you get jobs and helping you get education to be able to be better prepared to enter the job market. I think the two things I want to leave you with as far as resources for veterans is reach out to the resources that are there. Even if it takes a little bit of work to get them or you have to apply or whatever, use them, lean on them. But they're there for there are a lot of other vets in those systems to help you be successful at it. And two, look at your local community. Are there people around you? Are there individuals that you relate with on things that you are passionate about and start building those bridges? In yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's what I, my nonprofit does. It helps soldiers, veterans, and first responders with day-to-day living assistance. We make sure they got food on the table, clothes, furniture, backpacks for school, Christmas toys, birthday cakes. I mean, we have a whole bunch of things. Plus, the Yellow Ribbon Network, they're based out of Florida. But they're a huge resource for veterans anywhere in the country because you, if you log into that resource and you log in and you're in the system, you can apply for any assistance. They actually have a database that actually finds somebody that matches up to you. Like I'm in it for my nonprofit. If anybody in Texas applies for it and it, and it meets my criteria, I get an email saying, hey, somebody applied for this. Can you help them, John? And I'm like, I look them up. Yeah, I can help them. Let me reach out to them and I, get, and I take care of them. So there are systems out there for veterans, especially to lean on to help. But like you said, it can be a little time consuming at times. But and I tell veterans all the time. Don't wait until the last damn minute to ask for help. If you forecast your finances that are not going to make it till the end of the month or the end of the next month, then reach out for help right now. So we have time to help you get adjusted and get everything ready and get funds to you to make sure you can maintain after that. Because a lot of people, hey, I need help. And, and then I look at their stuff and I'm like, well, shit, if I, if I pay this bill for you this month, you're not going to be able to pay it next month because you don't have the, you're not doing it right. You got to come in. We got to sit down. We got to rework your budget. We got to figure this out. You're going to have to sacrifice some things. You gotta, so I tell veterans at all times, don't wait and make it, don't make your lack of planning an emergency on my part. Pay attention to your bills, pay attention to your stuff. And if you see a forecast that it's not going to look good, then reach out early. Because then, and trust me, you're going to get a better reception from that veteran organization because you're trying to be proactive so you don't fall into the rut where they got to save you versus where they're helping you. So they can help you versus save you. And then they're stuck saving you for the next couple months because you're stuck. So yeah, it's big, but you're right. There's tons of organizations out there that can do a lot for veterans. Especially now. I mean, I, yeah, the Wounded Warrior Project, I've had some run-ins with them too. And, and I know they had a whole bunch of issues with their CFO and CEO a couple of years back. And they had some people misusing funds and whatnot. But that happens in every organization. So you can't black eye them forever. And that's... Yeah, they, it's been phenomenal. I had a veteran friend of mine refer me into their programs. And the things that they're doing for veterans now really not only made an impact in my life, but it was cool to see the impact that it was making in the veterans around me. Yeah. Definitely would recommend them as well as many others. If it doesn't work for you, go to the next one. Find someone else. The number of nonprofits, yours included, that are here to help support you as a veteran are innumerous. They're innumerable items. Basically, there's a shit ton of them. Yeah, the biggest thing is Google. That's why Google is so amazing. Veteran nonprofit, veteran nonprofit support. You'll get it, it brings it down to where you live. And then, but then you can say veteran support in Florida, boom. And then every organization in Florida will pop up and you can just slowly start knocking them out. You know what I mean, so it's not our time. That's the one benefit we have to the time we live in is that between Google, social media, and everything else, I mean, like we talk about, we could just get on veteran, our tribe, 
our veteranpreneur tribe and just say, hey, we need help with something. And a whole bunch of people are going to give us a whole bunch of advice. Go here, check this out. Go ahead. And then you're going to have to check a list of things because I got to check all these out to make sure because but that's the whole point. There are beneficial things that are going on nowadays. Okay? Like when I went to first went to army, there was no such thing. There was no cell phone. There was no smartphones when I went in the army in 1990. They were just starting to come out with flip phones and stuff like that. And so I mean, it, was, it wasn't like it is now where kids, you know, everybody and their brother live off the sergeants are telling when solar children, their formations are over their phone. You know what I'm saying? Not information. So it's crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, the veteran community is a strong community. I think that brotherhood stays strong. I think that's what it is. A brother and sisterhood is really still strong. It's just a matter of us getting the knowledge out there so people know where, where you know, what's available to them. But you're right. I think uh, there is definitely a ton of organizations that are willing to do the help and do the work. You just got to find them. Absolutely. All right, Rob. So here's the deal, man. So those last five minutes or so, let's just let you shoot out and see what we can do as veterans to support what you got going on or your organization or whatever you're doing. Let us know what we can do to help support you. Yeah. So I'm a little crazy. Uh, at this point, I've had 10 companies right now. I'm as well running a nonprofit. Yes, 10. The yeah. focus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I started young. Yeah, I you're, sold. you're younger than me, too. Yeah. So you're good. Yeah. The real focus of what I'm doing is I, I really believe that entrepreneurship is a empowering and that the education empowers you and entrepreneurship sets you free. But through that, I create uh, entrepreneurial education to empower you to pursue your passion. Um, really in this COVID-19 world, the focus that we've been doing is we launched a podcast network. So we're bringing podcasts together to help them get the resources to get launched, to start monetizing their shows, as well as supporting each other's in a community. And then we're working with speakers and individuals to understand the technology they need to be able to present on a webcast or a conference or really take that technology and recreate as much of an in-person experience as you can digitally. Yeah. We're doing yeah. some really cool things in that space. I also have my own podcast show, Startup Santa Show. And then you can Google me and find all sorts of social media platforms that I'm on from LinkedIn to Facebook. I'd love to help and support any veteran. It's a core piece of what I do. I focus mainly in entrepreneur world, but there are a ton of resources. Yeah, there. Well, I'm sure I, you're busy in that world because there's a lot of veterans that come out and want to be their own boss because they don't want to have a boss anymore. You know, I mean, they don't want to have that sergeant over them kind of attitude. So I hear you. And I'll definitely be reaching out to you too because I just started this podcast about a month or two ago and we're, you know, we're building out my, I'm building out my episodes right now and then I'm going to be editing them and, da, 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 and then I'm going to start doing the launches and stuff. It's a learning process for me too. So I'm still learning. Then I'm going to try to monetize. Like I already got two sponsors to get my line up. And we're going to be doing some VIP stuff on our website to give out early releases to some of the podcasts to our VIP members and stuff like that. So yeah, but it's, awesome. it's, it's an interesting world being an entrepreneur because it's almost like there's no real, there's no real rules other than, you know, the law. But I mean, same thing. you can come up with any kind of business plan and you can really, if you, like you're saying, if you automate it, you got it on this and you're, or you're selling a service or a business or whatever. I mean, it's just crazy how successful you can be if you have a social presence. You know what I mean? If you know how to market yourself in social presence. So it's, it's amazing. So I'm sure definitely get it out. So when we get the podcast launched, there'll be leaks and feeds for your stuff on there for your episode. And we'll make sure all that's there so people can reach out to you and find out what you're about and see what they can do to get involved. But man, I appreciate you being on the show, Rob. Appreciate you, your service. Thank you for your service, my friend. And Honor Guard's a big deal. I was stationed in DC for a long time and I used to go by and see those guys a lot. I was a medic at Walter Reed for a while. So, but I used to go down there all the time. With the, we used to go down there and support those guys a lot. So we appreciate that for sure because that's the, probably the, one of the most prestigious jobs you can have in the Army. So that's a pretty cool thing. There's nothing. When you hand a flag to the family and thank them for the service that they've given and service of our fallen comrade, the emotions that you have, there's nothing like it. Yeah, I had to do that too. I had to be a COA a couple of times on Fort Hood and go around and, and help families get their sons or daughters. And it was that was a very emotional couple of weeks. 
so yeah, I know the feeling of the flag and the, it's, it's a very deep moving experience for us. I mean, that's why a lot of us as Americans that are proud about the whole, you know, and the whole thing with the kneeling and the flag and all that, I mean, I'm one of those guys that look, I'm a believer in our amendments and I, if someone wants to burn the flag, it don't make me happy, but I understand it because we're an American. That's their, but to not stand for the national anthem and not, I mean, to me, that's just, that's disrespecting the veterans that have given their lives in my eyes. Burning the flag, not so much, but not standing for the national anthem, which represents the whole of what we did. And that whole thing is kind of what we did it for, the constitution and the pledge and the the national anthem. So I'm weird like that, but that's just me because I'm a firm believer in our country's rights, you know, and all that stuff. But I also believe that you shouldn't disrespect the people who've given their lives so you to live here. Because I'm telling you, you've never been to a third world country and you don't know what it really looks like over there. You don't really know how good you have it over here. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of places in the world that don't have paved streets in their neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? It's all dirt roads and mm. crazy. So I tell people that all the time. But yeah, so everybody keep an eye out for this episode. We'll be launching it here in the near future. There'll be a flyer coming out, a little information about Rob, a little background on him, some information about where you can get in touch with him and all that. And then we'll launch the podcast and it'll be out there for you guys. It'll all be on our website too. So you'll be able to reach out. We're probably going to be starting a YouTube channel soon. Just that we have the video part of this so you'll be able to see the video of it up too all right so thank you guys for being here rob again thank you brother appreciate it man i appreciate your your time and your service you've been great my pleasure thank you so much yeah man well that's a wrap everyone hope you all got something out of this podcast today please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com support us because we got your back till next time everyone I'm out of here. Oh,